Billy D here with another exciting Cal Jam podcast sponsored by our great sponsor, Standard Process. I want to thank them so much for all their contributions making this event possible. But I am really excited about the podcast we're doing today because I have one of the icons in the alternative healthcare movement. I don't even call it alternative, I'm going to call it healthcare movement. Somebody that's been one of my mentors and idols for years, Dr. Joe Mercola. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. And, I mean, I've been following you for years. I mean, I, I read your book, The uh, No Grain Diet, back before the whole paleo movement hit. Sure. Uh, how did you essentially get started on this whole movement that you've been pioneering for? I mean, how many years have you been doing it now? Well, our website's been around for 20 years. I've been practicing natural medicine for probably close to 30 uh, and uh, I've always been interested in health. I started uh, my journey when I first started running in 1968 after reading Ken Cooper's book called Aerobics. And that was a, a mistake for about 40 years, <laughs> engaging in the wrong type of exercise. Exercise is crucial. We need it. It's only about 20% of the health equation, but it's important that you do the right type of exercise. Right. In your first Cal Jam, you did uh, pace training, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm even modifying that because for some people, it can actually be too intense. So just simple things, just movement. Uh, Katie Bowman is really, she has a movement called um, Movement Nutrition, where you're just moving, moving all day long, standing up, not sitting down, you know, and engaging in all these different types of activities is nourishing your body in ways that it was designed to be. I think motion is probably the most important nutrient the body needs on a daily basis, especially yes. brain function. I mean, you look at people that are sedentary. I think that's a reason we have so many people as they age have cognitive dysfunction. And I've been a big proponent of exercise pretty much daily, but I happen to love what I do, which is surfing, and which I think is a great. Oh, yeah. it's great. It's not, as long as I don't get drilled or you know drowned or have sharks, I think it's a great form of exercise. And it's yeah. something I love, and it gets all the endorphins basically it just fires the, the whole nervous system up I enjoy watching the surfers as I walk the beach <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's one of those things it's it's it's, it's a lifestyle for me and, and I basically call it church yes. now you were talking about you've got it you're excited about a big topic that you're bringing to Cal Jam oh. about a new book that you've got coming and I'm pretty fired up that you're fired up about it well, I've never been more passionate excited and about any topic in, in, about health in my entire life. And it started in my, my, I'm now engaging in a process where I walk the beach typically about an hour, two hours a day. Uh, and yeah, I have to get that into my head. I keep thinking you're in Chicago and I'm thinking, how do you walk the beach in Chicago? No, no, no. I live in Florida. How long have you lived in Florida? About three years. Okay, I'm slow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as a result, mostly that move was a result of trying to seeking to engage in a healthier lifestyle. So I'm able to walk the beach pretty much every day, unless it's severe rain or really cold, which is unusual. And uh, I read 150 books last year, and uh, one of those books was "Tripping Over the Truth" by Travis Christopherson. Uh, the subtitle is "The Metabolic Theory of Cancer," which many of us have heard about before. Talking about Otto Warburg and you know, he got the Nobel Prize for figuring out how cancer cells uh, are use are, metabolically fuel themselves. Most people know that, but they don't know that Warburg was literally the most brilliant biochemist of the 20th century. Not only was a PhD, but was an MD. Personal friends with Albert Einstein and most of the 
brilliant geniuses of the early 20th century. Uh, unfortunately, he was uh, somewhat eccentric and a German and stayed in Germany in World War II. So a lot of his theories were discarded. And then this whole movement came into genetics with Watson and Crick in the 50s, finally discovering the structure of DNA. And uh, so this movement on cancer really focused towards the treatment of genetics. But what I learned from reading the book is that it really is it's t totally wrong. And the, the principles that are outlined in this book, which is essentially a revision of ketogenic diet or ke nutritional ketosis, uh, which upregulates the dysfunctional mitochondria, is, not, is enough to get rid of the 1,600 people every day that die in the U.S. prematurely from cancer. I, I believe at least 1,500 of those people don't have to die from cancer. So, and this is every day. That was yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and every day next year. So it's a really important concept. And here's the key thing. The same principles that are used to take care of that and address that metabolic dysfunction can also be used we know uncontroversially to treat seizure disorders, diabetes, obesity, uh, heart disease, neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, ALS, autoimmune disease, MS, uh, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, virtually every disease you know. Yeah, yeah, is at is the core of this. So there's some simple principles once you understand it. And my goal at, the, at, the, at your presentation, I have not shared this before. I've not shared this information on the site. Just little bits and pieces here. And, and, and it's not like I invented it or discovered it. Really, there are brilliant geniuses. I'm going to go into great detail who they are. What I, my my, my skill set is I'm an investigative journalist, a physician, a clinician. And I combined it all the way in a pragmatic, easy to understand and follow system that lets you reap the benefits of these geniuses like Warburg. Because, you know, he was eccentric. He did not have the skill set. He was a genius. He was really one of the smartest guys of the 20th century. But he didn't have the skill set to teach people of the importance and, can, more importantly, convince the scientific community that it was true. Right. And plus, he didn't have the vehicles that we have in place today. Absolutely, yeah. Like via the Internet. If you were going to sum up that nutritional guideline in, in one sentence, what would you say most people should eat? Well, highest quality food, real food, of no course, processed food, that's the basics. The highest quality fat you can get is primarily a high-fat diet. Okay. Limiting your carbohydrates to under 50 grams per day. And that's non-fiber carbs because I eat 150 grams of carbohydrate, but 100 grams is fiber. Right. So that doesn't count. And then limiting, this is maybe even more important, this is what most of the paleo community doesn't fully appreciate yet, is that you have to limit your protein. Excess okay. protein is probably more dangerous than excess carbs. Okay, and then your protein yeah. sources, what would you say would be your best protein source? I think the ideal source, I think you need some animal protein, not okay. much for most people, but I think one of the highest quality is the eggs of plants. And what is that? Those are seeds. Some, uh, sunflower seeds, hemp seeds, uh, sesame seeds, black sesame seeds, flax, uh, pumpkin, you know, these are all the, the, the eggs of plants that have, are incredibly nutrient-dense people. So not only do they have the fat, they have the protein and the fiber, it's soluble and the soluble. So it's just a magnificent, complete, nourishing food. And of course, you need lots of fresh vegetables. Of course. Know, of course. To, to complement that. I mean, that's goes Of course, organic. Yeah, organic. For, uh, ideally, grow them yourself. One of the reasons I live here in Florida is I can grow vegetables all year round. So most of the food I eat is what I grow here right in my 
my personal now, if you were going to source a uh, animal protein, what would you say would be your best choice? I think that I, my current belief is uh, fish. Usually, okay. wild Alaskan salmon, or even if you have two sardines, or more of my favorites is anchovies. Either the smaller, the better, because right. they don't have enough time to to grow up and accumulate the poisons. So. And then, what do you have any concerns about Fukushima with some of the fish that you eat, or is that something that we should? Worry uh, about? Well, my source is from Wild Alaskan Salmon, uh, Vital Choice, and they test that regularly. But that's a good question. So it it isn't in the Alaskan Salmon. They they measure it on a regular basis. So. Now let's get back to your exercise regime, which you say is walking on the beach, which I've promoted to people all the time, and I'm sure you mm -hmm. walk barefoot to ground. Absolutely, yeah. I, in fact, I walk barefoot. Uh, I would say 96, 97 percent of the time. Are you barefoot right now? Absolutely. Oh, good. That's good to know. I I'm go barefoot. Being a surfer, it's, it's it's rare for me to wear shoes, but you know, people think you're a tramp when you don't wear shoes. But it's re in reality, we're a little bit smarter than them because we know that we should actually touch the planet. <laughs> Absolutely. As well. And it's it the thing about walking on the beach too. It's a lot less trauma to joints. Would you agree with that? Or oh, absolutely. There's yeah. no question. And you're grounded. You know, you're grounded to the earth when you're, when you're walking barefoot. It kind of saddens me to see all these runners on the beach wearing shoes. You know, I want to. You know, it's even worse. Shoes. It's like you. I see people that they're running on the boardwalk, which is cement, when they could be running on the sand. That to me, I don't, I don't get that. Well, cement is grounded somewhat, but it has to be wet. If you were barefoot, it would. Oh, I didn't but know that. Really, so cement, yeah. you can actually ground yourself. Yes, if it's and the wetter the better. Yeah, because it can. It's grounded to the earth. Yeah. Yeah, and I know. But not as good as sand. Not as good as sand. No, sand. nothing's as good as sand. Or e actually, even getting in the water is that well, better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The best. So that's where surfing comes in for me. Okay. Absolutely. And the salt water. Just in just interacting with the salt water does make. Unbelievable things to your skin and improving your health and your microbiome. So it's a it's a powerful uh, lifestyle strategy. So, so congratulations for implementing that. I was just by just my lifestyle just happened to I happened to be doing the right thing by chance, and I figured mm -hmm. out that was maybe what, one of the reasons that I actually am as healthy as I am. Which I mean, I have to brag that I've never missed a day of work ever from being sick because I literally don't get sick. But I walk my talk on all this stuff. I eat literally. Super, super clean. I get exercise daily. I don't watch any TV. I stay around, ne don't hang around negative people, and I get adjusted frequently. So, and I get regular rest, except for last night. I was up talking to Aaron. Aaron, <laughs> she's a rock I star. Huh? I totally hang up at nine thirty and go to sleep. <laughs> I do she not was up engage. Up at four last night. I thought it was three, but at four o'clock. Uh, tell me a little bit about Aaron. How did you guys ever meet? Uh, we met actually on Facebook. You so, did? Yeah. She's, she, I was, she's a mover and shaker too. Oh, she's a, just an unbelievable woman. Yes. I'm really grateful to be connected to her. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm having a discussion with her as soon as I'm done with you about having her speak at CalJam. Do you think she'd be a great speaker for CalJam? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's just phenomenal. She, she's, she, she, she reaches people in a different way than I do. She, she, she reaches them more emotionally. Right. Well, that's a feminine side. I mean, that's obviously yeah. we're, we're more left brain. They're more right brain, I think, is what it boils down to. Uh, one of the big issues here in California and one of the things we're really pushing out at CalGem this year is the whole forced vaccine issue. What's your opinion on what's going on 
as far as compulsory vaccination, not only in California, but it's going to be, be spreading across the United States. People think that they can run from it by going to Colorado. Well, you know, it, well it certainly was implemented in California, but it was the only state it was implemented. Uh, NBIC and a variety of other uh, uh, pro-vaccine choice organizations were able to essentially uh, have it be stopped from being implemented in 12 other states. I think maybe even 13 other states at the same time that California fell, which is unfortunate because it's the biggest. So I believe it's very similar to GMOs is that uh, I personally don't believe in vaccinations for a large variety of reasons that I've carefully studied, but each person needs to make that decision of themselves. Course, course. But ultimately, ultimately, compulsory anything like this is just an absolute violation of our constitutional freedoms as it is with GMO labeling we should have the right to choose right you know we need the right to choose a lot of people say it should be banned well you know I don't believe in banning cigarettes or alcohol people want to kill themselves as their choice but they have the right they shouldn't be forced to do any of those things right so that's why I'm a fervent believer in the, in the freedom of choice but I think GMO goes a little further than that though because GMO has the potential of disrupting the normal biodiversity of oh sure I, I mean, mean you can't just randomly start uh, changing DNA and putting that out in the environment without having some time long-term effect I mean well that's that's significant in itself but with the 85 percent of the GMOs are engineered to have resistance to this toxic herbicide roundup you mean the which is roundup the the carcinogen roundup. Well, it's an herbicide, but it, it roundup is composed of glyphosate, which is toxic enough of itself, which is most of the studies are done. But when you actually combine it with the surfactants in the product roundup, it's like 10 to 100 times worse. Right. I mean, this is a pernicious toxin that, that is being sprayed on our food crops and animal food crops to the tune of, a, I think it's almost a billion pounds a year. It's crazy what they're doing and getting away with. All about because of the collusion, the fascism, the collusion between industry and government. Right, and you don't think there's any agenda behind that, all that spraying of the Roundup on to create more toxicity to maybe potentiate higher levels of cancer? Or do you think it's just yeah, that they that, don't really... Yeah, that's somewhat conspiracy land, and it may be, and I'm not saying it's not. I just tend not to go there because there's enough hard, irrefutable, incontrovertible data to support that it shouldn't be done. Right. You know, who knows what their agenda is? And it right. may be nefarious, no, no question, but but uh, it likely is. But uh, it, it just for plain, simple reason, you believe the vast majority of the population who've been hoodwinked, uh, essentially brainwashed with the garbage from this, the, the uh, molecular biology community, which is really even more deeply at fault in this than Monsanto. Stephen Drucker did a, did a magnificent book uh, on, on this earlier this year, which is phenomenal. I've never seen a better co compilation of resources that exposes the fraud of the molecular biology community that, that allowed this to, to come to existence. It's really the, I mean, what's Monsanto the, is kind what's of the, name of the book again? Uh, it's Stephen Drucker, D R U K E R. I think it's called Twisted Genes. Okay. Uh, and, uh, Twisted Truth or something like that, but if you look up his name, it is the best book written on the GMO. He's an attorney, he's public public defense attorney, not public health, or public, uh, public attorney. He, he basically sued the FDA, sued the FDA, I think from his own money, uh, for the ruling that they made in 1991, I believe, to, admit, to essentially uh, classify GMOs as grass, generally recognized as safe. 
And that is the, the landmark decision that allows GMOs to be used. In this, and the, and the, even though science has subsequently been well established that totally refutes with the reasons they, they, they came to that conclusion, it, it, it couldn't be used in the lawsuit. It actually got thrown on in technical issues and he lost that lawsuit, which was a real tragedy. Because he should, he should have won it, and it, it, it goes in great detail in the book, and, and all the reasons, especially from a science technical reason, and it's just software programming on how this whole issue with we have no clue what we're doing with this. We think we do, but it's just a, it's just serious delu uh, arrogant delusional er arrogant delusional arrogance. I think is the best term. Okay. Yeah, and I hear that word thrown a lot. That word science is thrown a lot. I mean, a lot of the science that we supposedly are supposed to believe is probably paid for. I mean, I was a chemistry major, man. You can fudge data, make stuff look the way whatever you want to do. And it's like, same thing with all the, you know, the vaccines and the, and it's in relation to autism. And, you know, you could say that about, you know, all the drugs. I mean, sure, you can lower blood pressure with a drug. I mean, you can, and you can scientifically prove that. But is that doing anything to improve a person's health? So you keep getting this mantra from the science heads, as I call them, about, you know, where's my science? But the reality is, why don't you prove to me your stuff works first, and then I might come around to thinking that's something that I might utilize. But I'm pretty much grounded in simple principles that if I live congruent to the way I'm supposed to live, i.e., Eat food, not crap and garbage. Not eat GMO. Don't eat stuff that's sprayed with poison. Drink clean, healthy water. Move my body. Work on postural issues. I mean, most people have postures that are horrible from sitting at a desk all day. Think positive, happy thoughts of love and abundance. And if you can kind of like steer me away from those things that I think is pretty much common sense, then, you know, I might entertain that relationship. But for me to be like pushed this whole science mantra to stick needles in my arm to shoot in toxic, toxins, neurotoxins, carcinogens, all grown on just the most horrific uh, mediums. I mean, wh why do we keep getting the science mantra beaten into our head when in reality most of that science is just bogus paid for the, the fox guarding the chicken coop science that's all cookbooked? Sorry, I went off a little bit. Is that a question why? I mean, how can... Why is it people are still brainwashing that science is the answer to everything? And, and common well, sense isn't even in the equation anymore. No, science does fit in the equation. I think that it's a valid, useful tool that if done correctly, objectively, and, and free of corporate interference, then it will give you the truth. Of I mean, course. that's really why I'm so excited about this book, because I'm going into the journal article, studying and finding what the, what the basic stuff is. And most of these studies are... They're, they're from small-time scientists who dedicate their whole life to finding this out. So we get to leverage all that into really useful information. But when, when corporations and industry funds research, it's, it's almost always uh, with, done with massive conflicts of interest. And throw, they throw away data that doesn't support their hypothesis. So, uh, the, but the answer to the reason why it's so effective is that they have uh, acquired large amounts of resources, and these corporations and industries are not foolish. They literally spend billions and tens of billions, maybe hundreds of billions of dollars in effective marketing strategies to convince people of this truth. And, and they do it with these, these 
essentially psychological tools, and it works. It right. It totally works. And that's why they believe it. And I've been reading like half of the uh, the research that's presented in a lot of these medical journals is, is, is fictitious. Oh, it's more than half. Is oh, it more gosh. than half? Yeah. Actually, one of the, the, the uh, previous or earlier editors of the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the most prestigious journals, medical journals in the world, I mean, uh, Marsha Ann Gal. I mean, she has she wrote a whole book on this of all the fraud, deception. She wound up quitting after I think being a journal editor for like ten or fifteen years. It was a very interesting expose that she had in that book. And that was like ten years ago. My question is, why can't the rest of the people that are being so brainwashed via that GMOs great or vaccines are saving the world or drugs? you know, make us healthy. Why is it it's so hard for them to grasp these concepts when it's so easy for you and I and most people that are, lead healthy lifestyles? Why is it so hard for these people to well, grasp? Well, our brain works differently. When you're healthy, your brain works differently. Okay, perfect. Work clearly, but it's far deeper than that. Most people are engaged in behaviors which are absolutely not conducive to growing their brain. So they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're, they're wasting their time mindlessly engaging things and they're bombarded with all this information which is which is irrelevant to the really true important topics of life and they and they just don't have any time to explore these areas is is my suspicion do you think any of it would be uh partially maybe egotistical that they would never want to admit that maybe they were wrong i mean if you've been you know, brought up in this. There's report. certainly an element of that. Absolutely. Especially is, if that, you're from the medical community, you've been brainwashed to teach this whole orthodox method of outside in, drugs in to promote health, and when that whole paradigm is wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no question. That's probably a, a more serious and significant issue with the health professionals because that's you know they, they would have to admit that for decades many of them they've been actually hurting people and helping them and actually that is one that almost brings me to tears because when in early in my career for a good five or six years when I first started practicing I vaccinated children and, and I, I just almost every time I talk about it, I just you know I moved to tears because I know all the harm and damage I did right right I, I certainly haven't done that now and I've been actively supporting um, the movement to, to help change that but you know it's it's this process is a big psychological uh, hurdle that one has to to get over to make that transition transition right 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 now in your opinion and you can answer this if you want or if you don't want to that's fine do you think there's any vaccines that do have any efficacy at all there may be i haven't studied it carefully enough to know my suspicion is that there's none but i i firmly and strongly believe that if you upregulate the immune system there's some very simple incredibly effective and powerful strategies and interventions that you can use the simplest one being vitamin d just get your vitamin d levels in the sweet spot 40 60 nanograms per milliliter get your blood tested i mean that that's like 50 percent of it and of course the nutrition is the almost the other 50 percent and movement and sleep and all you're doing those things it's almost impossible to get sick right and and it's any type of infectious disease it really is you do not need a vaccine and most of these vaccines do not work are there cases where they may have been effective or or provide some benefit probably i think they're exceptions certainly not the rule Uh, i personally would not do it you wouldn't do it and you wouldn't vaccinate your kids absolutely not i don't have children but if i did no and i don't either because I, I, I can assure you it would not be. I, my sister was really close to me and was my office manager in 1985 and still is, works as the editor of our newsletter. 
has two children, uh, which are, are kind of like my surrogate children, and they are not vaccinated. They only have one vaccine by mistake, because, her oldest, because uh, the nurse violated the, the, the degree says no hepatitis B at birth. So they, they ignored it. They took, they, you know, they took him, and on the day one, they, they immunized him with hepatitis B. No need for that vaccine. And he's actually suffered some damage as a result of that. So I mean, it's horrible. And the, and the reality is, which I say all the time is, you know, people say, well, my kids are okay. They didn't seem to suffer from any type of vaccine damage. But what I try to get people to understand is maybe your kid would have been a little bit smarter or had a better, a little bit better physical agility and could have been a professional athlete. You can't objectively measure any type of small incremental changes that a person is going to have from the toxins that's put into that body, especially when it's in its most massive growth spurt as far as neurological and just overall development. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the, 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 there's another great book written by, um, it's, it's on vaccines, it really goes into this in great detail, and the, the name of it is Escaping Me Now, but I interviewed her, she's a nephrologist who actually quit medicine and really... Suzanne uh, Humphreys? Suzanne Humphreys, yes. Solving Illusions. It. Resolving illusion. I just couldn't remember it. I know. I do that all the time. Yeah. So anyway, that's the book. It's really that's a good. great book. Yeah. You know so that answered all my questions about smallpox and polio. Oh yeah. Going because that's the that that's the, the the challenge she had in her practice as a nephrologist. The hospital administration was giving her a great difficulty and not vaccinating her patients, which we anecdotally observed that was destroying their health. Right. And, and, the chronic renal disease. So she, they challenged her with the same issues. What about smallpox? What about polio? And she had no answer. Blah, blah, blah. So she researched it, and I've never seen a more brilliant expose response than what she wrote in the book, Dissolving Illusions. Right, and it explained it because, you know, I had those questions in the back of my mind. How do we get rid of smallpox? And how sure. do we get rid of polio? And then once you go underneath all the lies oh. which have been layered and layered and we've been brainwashed into believing in this holy sacrament of vaccination and we would never question that we would never see that's what blows my mind is like we've got this explosion with autism why wouldn't we want to just step back and just take a look and see if there is some type of correlation but the machine just keeps pushing on because the machine doesn't Air. And I wish people would get that concept across, you know. It blows my mind that people would subject their newborn to a needle with just the, what I know is in that, in, that, in that vial. Yeah, so I think the, that book is, is, is really important for anyone who's listening or watching who still is on the fence about this issue and doesn't really, you know, still believe that smallpox was eradicated by that. And then if you read the book, you'll see the inside story of how really it was the, the, the decrepit conditions that people lived on at that time that, that really challenged and, tra and trashed their immune system and made them susceptible to illness. And when those conditions improved, like poof, the disease disappeared before they implemented the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, you read that book and you read the, the conditions those children live oh, in and, they, and the food that they eat was decaying and they would work in these environments where there was no, circula no circulation of air and they got no exercise and it was just, you know, it was so polluted and it was like, you, then you start to realize. What's that? The streets were full of sewage. Oh I mean, God. it was just terrible. Right.
I was back in Edinburgh, and I went through those little closes that were underneath the ground, and oh, you yeah. see these little rooms where people would live. There would be 14 people in these rooms. It's like a 14 by 14 room with a bucket in the corner where everybody would use as a toilet. And then when that would get full, they would dump it out in the street. And people <laughs> want to wonder why people were sick. It's just they were living in pure putrefaction, and it was just – and the, the foods that they ate had no life oh. or energy, and it was all putrefactive food. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this thing. I wanted to ask you a couple more questions before we do wrap it up. You, I was really honored when you spoke at the first Cal Jam, and, and you know, I I don't get nervous around a lot of people, but people like you, you're such such a big figurehead, and, and you've always been a big mentor for me. But what was your first experience with Cal Jam, and what did you like about it? Well, surprising. I, I think uh, New Constitution by the Who is what you played, or the Monkey Fool. My again. generation. My gen- okay, whatever it is, it was. I like that song a lot, man. I've never been so pumped up. I mean, that was just such a dramatically different experience. Oh it's no! Just, uh, before you went on, what song did we play? Yeah, won't get fooled again. Yeah, yeah won't get fooled again. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Sorry. So, um, which was great. I just loved it. I was pumped up. I mean, I, that, it's one of the most enthusiastic audiences that I've ever spoken to. I mean, it was just incredible. You know, it's just a real treat to be there. And which is why I'm going back. I couldn't last year because, or this year, earlier this year, because I had, there was a conflict with my launching my, my current book. But this new book, which will, which will hopefully be out in 2016, it may not be though, uh, it has the most exciting information. It really dwarfs almost everything I've been teaching about nutrition before. But it combines everything. It's, it's just as this process that's going to explode people into health. I mean, it's almost like magic. It really is. It's like, wow. You know what? Health is not magic. It's just a reality that we are so far away from living the way we're supposed to. I mean, our body is wired to express abundant health. You just got to provide it with what it needs. Absolutely. It's like... People the magic like, is a simple intervention that produces it. It's like, wow, who would have known it was that simple? Exactly. I mean, yeah. people like like ask me questions about nutrition. I go, well, look at a Paleolithic man. He wasn't some rock star genius, you know, doing all these double blind studies. He just ate what was there for him to eat, and that's all you really need to do. And he moved. He didn't sit on a couch and yeah. flip through channels on his channel changer or stay on Facebook all day. I mean, he was basically living to live. <laughs> Now people, they they don't have to. Eat. I mean, they can go to Seven Eleven and get like a Slurpee and a and a corn dog, and that's what they consider their. Yeah, but even, even if you ate those foods that I mean, basically organic isn't really necessary until this this last century when they introduced all these chemicals. So it's not just about organic; it's about identifying the right healthiest foods, and and a lot of them are you know people are eating too many carbohydrates and for the most part too much protein. So it's understanding those relationships and why the science shows or what those ideal ratios are that will literally magically change your life like overnight from health. Eradicate almost all the cancers and the heart disease and, and then the brain diseases. It's the diabetes. Just, oh, diabetes, overweight. Your weight normally is like this, no cravings. It's just like, it's literally almost like, it's like magic. <laughs> right. Because the body in itself is made, created you, you created 70 billion cells from a matter of a sperm cell and egg cell. And I, I look at that whole embryologic development of human being as the most, the biggest miracle that you can even imagine. And that oh, yeah. goes on without 
any intervention by man at all, and in any way we try to interfere with it, the more we're going to screw it up with all the ultrasounds and all the pre-testings and the vaccines and all that, just everything that gets layered and layered and layered on to try to control the health sure. of a person. And sometimes it's even healthy interventions like supplements. Like most supplements are, are not going to work for crap unless you get the diet right. Right. They just don't work. Well, and, and if God, also, they I've think, always people think like insurance, and that's not the case. It's baloney. Right. Bull crap. It really is. You've got to understand the food you need to eat. And because there's a synergy in the foods that you cannot replicate in a vitamin, there's certain things in a carrot there that we don't even we can't even go that deep on all the different chemical reactions that are going on in that carrot and the life that's there's still life force in the carrot that you're not going to get in a vitamin so i try to get people to yes get most your nutrition from living raw food and yeah i i, I supplement with vitamin d i'm going to do some probiotics and i do some yeah, but your diet's right. Then, then you're going to get the benefit. But and, you know, vitamin D will probably give you benefit, regardless of what you're doing, because it's such right. a powerful nutrient. But most of the other supplements, you know, you're not going to really maximize their therapeutic effect until you get your diet correct. Well, basically, that's all I take are those three. Yeah, yeah well, if you're eating right, that's about all you need. Right, right, and there know. are some other specifics if you got to, if you want to upregulate your mitochondrial health, and I'll talk a little bit about that at the presentation. Uh, writing a book, I, that's one of my big goals. Mm -hmm. How do you find time? But you're not in practice anymore, so. No, I haven't seen patients for seven years. So I, you know, one of my biggest things I was doing three hours of exercise a day. You know, two hours of beach walking and an hour of strength training and or flexibility and movement. So I cut that down a little bit and uh, I do my things. And you know, typically uh, I'm able to to find it and you know, it, I'll tell you something there's an interesting app tool that you may benefit from and certainly anyone listening to this because you're a fan of technology maybe you aren't a fan of technology no I'm not right? a fan of technology yeah well I if like you have phones phones are technology a, 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 if you have a smartphone this will work it's incredible I don't have a smartphone okay well you may want to get one just for this application okay. because I used to like when I'm walking or something or just have being around how many thoughts have you had that you just lost because it wasn't written down or captured right right, right. I mean probably thousands so if a smartphone has a voice recorder, yeah, big deal. They all have them. Can I, I mean, just use a digital recorder too? You could, but here's the thing. Okay. When you have a smartphone, it connects to the internet. I know you don't like that, but it will automatically transcribe your voice. Wow. So it's pre-written. Then it gets even better. It uploads it to the cloud so that if you have a computer desktop, it's on your desktop, it's on your iPad, it's on every tablet device you have. So that you can capture this wisdom that you come up with. It's inspired. Like you're, I mean, could, theoretically, if you had a waterproof phone, you could do it when you're surfing if it's tied to your wrist or something. Uh, so every time you, you come up with this idea, you capture it and it's not lost. So that's, a, that's been a powerful strategy for me. Yeah, taking a phone to church wouldn't work, I don't think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, would be, that would be like a sacrilege, in my opinion. Okay. That, yeah, but I, I know it depends on how frequently you That would be like going to yoga and having your cell phone with you. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that wouldn't be groovy at all. Well, not to call, talk on the phone, but just, <laughs> just to use it as a recording device for your, your sort of a peripheral brain access. Right, right. I think yeah. I go out in the ocean to disconnect from everything. So I just <laughs> bring some type of technology in the ocean isn't going to happen. Well, <laughs> I am really, really, truly, truly honored that you're going to be back at Cal Jam this year. I look forward to uh, your Dude. topic. Uh, I appreciate everything that you've done for this movement to get the message out to the masses. 
and staying strong because I know sometimes we're going to get a little beat up here and there, which is okay. It makes our skin even thicker and keeps pushing more and more. I mean, there's no turning back now, right? <laughs> right, right, absolutely. We could, but it's not, it's not you know, you're, you're in, it's like we burn the ship, so. Right, it's like, you know, somebody, somebody sent me a message last night. They're all worried about me, and I'm going, well, I can't turn back now. <laughs> It's like, we're already headed one direction. We're not gonna. We're not gonna uh, surrender. So, but and I appreciate everything that you do. And and Aaron, I look forward to talking to her in a few minutes and see what we can get going on with her on Cal Jam too. Sounds good. Okay, and you're not playing piano because you don't play keyboards. All I've talked to her about. No, I'm not the musical person. That is, that would just be my sweetie. Maybe you could dance a little bit. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> possibly, possibly. But you know, a little exercise kind of thing. Sure. Uh, yeah, movement. Yeah, movement is good. Yeah. It's great. Just one child. I said, you change it for the school. Not your emotion, their emotion. Well, because everybody has a self-healing mechanism. We know that. Your community is desperately waiting for you to show up. Wake up out of your apathetic slumber. Tell the people all about the principles of chiropractic is you are the vessel of the change. Ability to move that keeps us alive. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me?